Monica, I'm super pumped about this episode. I mean, it's some people's favorite time of the year because it's all about pumpkin spice. Well, I think we're going to take it a step further than pumpkin spice because we've closed out September where pumpkin spice rears its ugly head. Then it crests upon Halloween, which is a really super fun time of year. I love it. I love celebrating it or getting in the spooky mood. How about you? You know, it's not really a big thing in our family, but when we were in St. Louis, I looked forward to it every year because we did a couple of really special things with the kids and our friends. And it involves costumes, which I definitely love. And Sienna does too. I really have come to appreciate Halloween and the fall and everything it has to offer. Yeah, same here. I particularly love getting to dress up. You might find that I dress up and do silly things throughout the entire year, but the month of October is kind of when I can do it. And no one thinks twice about the fact that maybe I like it a little too much. Your, your neighbors are like, Oh, Hey, Monica's really in the spirit of Halloween. And for you, you're just being normal. Exactly. Yes. When it comes to Halloween, I'm not exactly sure how we got here today. How did it all begin? Even though I'm very interested in old things and history, it's just not one of those things I've ever looked up. All right. Well, I have a little bit of history for you. And as my dad would say, the meaning of anything is tied to its origin. going to go too deep into this. Uh, There are variations of these origin stories and you could find at least a dozen. So I just picked out two because I thought they resonated with what I've heard growing up and where I think the tradition has gone. The history of All Hallows' Eve, it's from familytree.com. It goes all the way back to a pre-Christian Celtic festival called Samhain. And it looks like it's spelled Sam Hain, but it's pronounced Sawin. So the Sawin festival was the most significant holiday of the Celtic year. And many people with Celtic heritage probably had ancestors who celebrated Sawin. It corresponded to November 1st on the calendar, and it marked the end of summer and the beginning of winter. It's really important because we're talking about hunter-gatherer culture, right? They needed to farm, they needed to make sure they had all their food. And so winter is a time of, you know, eating what you've gathered and hunted and grown throughout the summer, making it a time of death and renewal. That makes a lot of sense. Very Mm -hmm. different than we would approach it now. Now we're like, let's drink pumpkin spice and throw leaves in the air and take aesthetic photos. Yes. And even more importantly, the the Celts believed that Samhain was a time when the ghosts of the dead were able to mingle with the living more so than any other time of the year. Again, we're talking about that transition from summer when everything's living to winter, a time of death, and then spring would be the time of renewal. And it sounds a lot like the Mexican Day of the Dead, where they commemorate and remember ancestors, but those ancestors are also believed to be able to cross over to the living. So that corresponds with November 1st, but where do we get October 31st? Well, this is a slightly different origin, and it's the origin of All Hallows' Eve. Does go as far back as the Sawin ancient Celtic festival. So is All Hallows Eve Celtic or is it from a different culture? Well, that's a very good question. 
the Catholics decided to take over the holiday. Oh, isn't that of right? Course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this makes sense now. Yes. And so instead of Samhain on November 1st, Pope Gregory the Fourth declared it All Souls Day. And so Roman Catholic Church, Anglican Communion, Methodist Church, and Lutheran Church, they all celebrate All Souls Day or All Saints Day on November 1st. So where does that leave Samhain? It leaves it on October 31st. Well, I would like to thank you for the history lesson. That was definitely a flip-flop of what we usually do. I usually like to bring in the history. It would be fascinating to see how Halloween evolved over the centuries, but today we're not going to do that. We're going to push that fast forward button. And talk about Halloween and pop culture as we experience it today. There's a few Halloween pop culture traditions that I think we can all agree on. Decorating, watching scary movies, Mm -hmm. parties, and trick-or-treating. Is there anything else you can think of? No. Okay. I think that's the majority of the types of things that we do that would be considered traditional. Yes. There's so much fun Halloween stuff we get to talk about. So the first one I want to bring us to is what I'm calling the Halloween aesthetic or basically decorating for Halloween. Let me guess, it's an Americanized holiday created by marketing people in order to drive retail sales. Isn't everything? Uh, So how long have we been decorating in America in the modern commercial sense of the word? How long do you think we've been doing that? Just throw out a date, whatever feels good in your soul. Like 1950s. Incorrect. Oh. We have been decorating since at least 1912. That's back when Halloween was a creepy adult holiday and it was basically just an excuse to party and decorate. Wow. 1912. I tried to go back further, but the earliest date that I could find is 1916 with decorations you could get from a catalog. Wow. I know, I had no idea. Honestly, when I think of the people who lived just a few generations before us, I definitely do not have the right thing in my head. Mm. I'm always like, you had nothing in your life. And then kind of like you said, all of that was invented in the 50s and 60s, and it's just not true. Wow. Now I have another question for you. So 1916, the first time we can really date back to commercialized Halloween decor. Would you like to take a gander on how much Americans spent in 2016 on Halloween decor? Um, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. Are we talking about hundreds of millions of dollars? We're talking about $9 billion. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. That is very ridiculous. Some people need to take it down a notch. I don't know who you are. I do not know who you are. (laughs) Please do not ask me to forgive your student loans if you're spending money on Halloween decorations. That's all I have to say. I I do not know. That is too much. That I I don't know, like $9 billion. Like I kind of want to do the math on that, but I also don't. So 
I would there I don't even buy Halloween decorations every year so I'm confused but so that's it so obviously we know in America we are very commercialized and we love celebrating and we love being over the top that's why I believe so many people really do like Halloween and I do too but what I've learned to do over the years is appreciate other people spending their money on it unless me spending that's my right. money on it right I'm gonna appreciate the giant blow up Halloween Mickey mouse on top of someone's um, patio. Yes. So I don't have to. Exactly. And I think there's a beauty to that. I actually like to go to the stores and look at all the Halloween decor and go up and down the aisles. And as I was doing that, I realized that there are some basic Halloween characters that you're going to see in any decor. Now that doesn't mean that every person who decorates decorates with these characters, but when mm -hmm. you're going to get your decor, this is what you're gonna find. You're gonna find a jack-o'-lantern, a witch, black cats, a ghost, a skeleton, the monsters, which I put in a group, vampire, mummy, werewolf, and Frankenstein, spiders, and bats. I think that is a very complete list. And they're sometimes so cute. I know, I, I love so many of the decorations. Do you carve a jack-o'-lantern? We did not last year. The kids, I feel they're just too, they were just too little last year and I didn't want to do all the work. I want them to participate. I'm terrible. I don't, you're not terrible. I don't blame you. I totally get that. We have been carving jack-o'-lanterns here since before we had kids, just something that we do and it's fun. And so I guess I'm used to the work. <laughs> so it started when we had our nephew. He was two years old at the time over and he was the only little grandkid. And we had him over to do jack-o'-lantern carving, uh, probably as an excuse for me to participate in Halloween, having no children. Let's be honest. That's probably oh. what happened. But he was so cute and it was a really fun time. So that's when the tradition started for me and Zach. And we've kept it up, whether the kids have participated or not now that they're older, 10 and 16 they do all the work and then zach still cuts out the eyes for lillian and that sounds really creepy <laughs> <laughs> but i think we all understand what i mean <laughs> so we put a jack-o-lantern out on the front porch but again i have no idea where jack-o-lanterns came from kind of seems silly to pick a gourd and put a face on it monica i'm so glad you asked because sienna asked me that very question this morning not even knowing what we were going to record oh my goodness and it was so cute we passed a house that had a giant blow-up jack-o-lantern and she's like mom what's that orange thing with the face that sometimes has an eyes and a nose i was like a jack-o'-lantern? She's like, yeah, that's it. She asked me to ask Siri for the answer. Like <laughs> she knows I don't know. So she's like, mom, can you ask Siri for the answer? So we did. And we read it while we were waiting in the drop-off line for school. And I thought it was a pretty interesting story. It started because of a legend about Stingy Jack. So Stingy Jack makes a deal with the devil. He has drinks with the devil in a pub one day in Ireland. Stingy Jack doesn't want to pay for his drinks. So he convinces the devil to turn himself into a coin so he can pay for the drinks. 
like, man, the devil is really, really gullible. So the devil <laughs> turns himself into a coin. But this is only after Stingy Jack has made the devil agree that he won't steal his soul if he dies, leave him alone for a year. Well, Stingy Jack takes the coin, which is actually the devil, doesn't pay for the drinks and puts it in his pocket next to a cross, which keeps the devil as a coin, doesn't let him change back. So you can only imagine that the devil by this point is pissed. So eventually Stingy Jack lets the devil transition back into the devil from a coin and leaves Jack alone for a year. Well, the following year, Jack and the devil meet up again, and Jack convinces the devil to go climb up a tree. Then Jack carves a cross in the bottom of the tree, which leaves the devil stuck in the tree. No. Well, at this time, point He's in so history, dumb. is He's very so dumb. dumb. He's very dumb. He also likes to give fiddles to people as well. Well, so then Stingy Jack makes the devil swear that he, when he dies, he won't steal his soul and that he'll leave him alone, not just for a year, but for 10 years. So God decided he didn't want Stingy Jack in heaven after he died. And the devil <laughs> certainly didn't Hilarious. want Stingy Jack in hell because he tricked him so many times. So Stingy Jack was forced to wander the earth as a spirit. I always thought that jack-o'-lanterns warded off the devil, but they don't ward off the devil. They ward off a spirit so cunning that it can fool the devil. That's right. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to keep those jack-o'-lanterns on the porch. You don't want stingy Jack visiting your house. I do not. <laughs> so we talk about the jack-o'-lanterns. So now we know where that came from. Another thing that I've noticed with pop culture is, and even going, you know, going all the way back all the way back to those 1916 decorations that I found is black and orange. Do you want to take a guess on on how that came about? Well, I'm just thinking about it from a jack-o'-lantern perspective. They kind of go together, right? The dark eyes and the orange pumpkin. Is that right? No, that's not that's oh. not exactly right. But what's great is that a jack-o'-lantern really complements the Halloween aesthetic. And it doesn't really come so much from the commercialization of Halloween, but from what you told in the very beginning was Samhain. For them, it was summer to winter. But as we know that here, that is fall. And fall right. is orange. It is very orange. When you look outside, everything starts turning orange, some sort of shade of orange. So that represents the harvest that time of year. And then the black represents the death. Oh, So huh, that's how okay. you get those two colors and why they've been associated for so long, even pre this card company making the very first catalog offering to decorate your home in, right? I mean, was it Hallmark before the movie channel? It was not Hallmark. I'm it was kidding. not. <laughs> I'm sure we could do a whole episode on things that they have affected in pop culture, and that might be fun. Jack-o'-lanterns and witches and ghosts and skeletons, all of those are great aesthetics, but it really translates to decorations and whether or not someone decorates, how they decorate. Mm -hmm. I passed a really cute black and white house just this morning and it had black spiders on the white walls and it was just so perfect. It wasn't over the top, but it was really, really cute. I think that's one really nice thing about the Halloween holiday season. It's much like the season that we're getting ready to approach that is equally, if not more commercialized, but it's that the black and the orange are so contrasting that everything you do looks really good. And just like you said, that white with the black, it's that 
stark contrast that even though I kind of feel overwhelmed by the colors and they're not soothing to me, they're really fun to look at. I don't really decorate for Halloween. I have three little dudes, if you will, (laughs) uh, that I bring out. I have this super cute felt ghost and he has a little banner that he's holding up that says boo. Very cute. And then I pair him with a trick or treat bucket, but the bucket is metal and it is an old fashioned vintage black cat with orange ears and whiskers. Cute. Very cute. And then sometimes I add in a little wooden Frankenstein that I have. So I kind of mix the characters and the colors along with all the different kinds of fabrics. I I don't like overwhelming Halloween decorations, but I do enjoy them when I see them somewhere else. I just can't have them in my space. There's this other house that I pass on the way to drop the kids off. And it caught my eye a few weeks ago because it has all of these big teddy bears, like large and extra long large teddy bears in the trees. And all I could think was, oh my God, they're probably so moldy and so stinky because it rains a lot here. <laughs> yes. Ew. Yeah. No, it, but it's, it's really cute when it's dry and sunny out. You, you're not thinking about mold and disgustingness growing inside, but now they've added to that and they've added Halloween decorations. So you've got these bears covered in spider webs. They've got their mailbox covered in spider webs and just all sorts of crazy Halloweeny stuff. It's a little bit crazy. It is, but you can enjoy it because it's not your home. That's right. That's and how I, I feel. it out to the kids and they get a kick out of it. Yes, exactly. That is so much how I feel about outdoor Halloween decorations. There's a home here that it looks like a graveyard. I know that they really, really enjoy it. You can tell and good for them. Have fun. I mean, it's just for a few weeks. The original town that I lived in when Zach and I first got married, there was a house that I would go drive to because that's how much I enjoyed their Halloween decor. It wasn't on the main strip like this one is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was back in some neighborhoods, but they made it look like a crypt and they had this old buggy and they had a skeleton driving it. Oh, that's fun. Oh my goodness. It was really cool. They put a lot of effort into it and they lived in an old Victorian house on top of that. So it was really cool. Other than those two houses, I wouldn't say that anyone around here decorates too much as far as Halloween goes on the outside. I don't come across very many of them. However, you might be seeing more on trick or treats. So like for instance, we here at this household, I am not doing anything but jack-o'-lanterns until trick-or-treat night. And then I'm bringing out the fog machine. I'm bringing out all the spiders, all the spider webs, all the extra painted jack-o'-lanterns and anything else that I can find to make that night be fun. So if it comes to Halloween party decorating, that is what I love. Lillian actually had for her birthday, because her birthday is October 12th. One year we did a Halloween party and we even did a haunted, well, it was a spooky house. That's super fun. I'm jealous. Um, do you think that people can take the Halloween decorating too far? And I'm not just talking about the outside, but have you ever seen, maybe you haven't experienced it personally, but online, just you look at this Halloween decor and you think, how, how could you, I was watching a reel on Instagram and it's just everything, the kitchen, the kitchen table, every single ounce of the house has been turned over to look like 
a jack-o'-lantern barfed on it. I did go to a Halloween party once and the walls were covered with black trash bags to make it really dark. But you know, that's a party. I don't know if they lived that way for the whole month of October. <laughs> I doubt it. I would it. be really upset for them. That would be awful. No, I, I bet they didn't. So if anybody wants to scroll on Instagram or Pinterest, or if you happen to have the TikTok app, you can find so many people who go over the top with Halloween decor. It's just, it's mind blowing in that the one I just described to you, I mean, this person's home is huge. Like it's a multi-million dollar home. Maybe she partially contributed to the 9 billion in 2016. Like personally, she may make up at least 1% of that. I swear. And she may not even put up the decorations herself. Oh, for sure. She does not. I can tell by watching. Yes. Well, so I'm glad you brought up jack-o'-lanterns and when you put them out, because last year, even though we didn't carve the pumpkins, we did buy large pumpkins and we put them on our stairs and then it got cold really fast. So they lasted for <laughs> yes. And I wasn't that. quite sure when to throw them out. And I wanted to do it before they started rotting. And we eventually just took them because they were still not rotten on the outside, right? I understand it starts inside. And we took them to the little pond at our favorite little park and we smashed them and jumped up and down and we fed them to the geese and the ducks. And it was super fun. Oh, that's really cool. Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's actually good for them. Oh, good. Good. I had no idea. Um, I have a pumpkin story. It's kind of embarrassing. One time I went to a pumpkin patch and I got so many pumpkins. I'm talking very much like the lady I was just making fun of a little bit ago. Like that. How many pumpkins? Oh, man. I have a picture at all. I'll get it out for everyone to see. It was really fun. They were very unique looking. Some, you know, were gray. Uh, some look like they were wearing hats. Like, it's just really cool. They were all free. I would like to say they were free. So <laughs> I just could not stop myself. And I had never gone to a pumpkin patch before. And it was all fine and dandy until they started rotting. I am talking like I had 30 plus, oh my God. <laughs> 30 plus pumpkins to get rid of. I'm not going to tell you what we did to get rid of them, but. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> but let's just say this. Uh, it culminated in a lot of drives through the country. Well, it's not like littering. So we did eventually get rid of them, but now every time I go to the pumpkin patch, Zach gets a, gets a little PTSD and I don't blame him. <laughs> So how long do I keep my jack-o'-lanterns? So we usually do the jack-o'-lantern the week of Halloween. So maybe that Sunday before usually is when we do it. And then we put it out and then I usually leave it up about a week after Halloween. That's it? Yeah, the jack-o'-lantern. Wow. So then what we do is we face it backwards and it's just a pumpkin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then we leave it till it's kind of a little too rotten and then we have to get rid of it. Yeah. But yeah, okay. only about a week. So the jack-o'-lanterns get to sit on the front porch and smile at everybody or gift frowny faces or whatever they might be doing. Looks of shock and awe, any of that for about two weeks. I've been leaving mine out until Thanksgiving because it's not a jack-o'-lantern, right? For me, it's just a pumpkin. And so I would get it around the week before Halloween. Yeah. Oh, if you're talking about a non-carved, right? a non-carved pumpkin, I will leave up until probably December 1st. If I can, we usually leave them up. We can tell when they're starting to rot and then we have to get rid of them because then it's a mess. But I'll leave them up as long as I can all the way till December 1st, if possible. Yeah. And I already have 
have my uncarved pumpkins out on display right now. How about you? Oh, wow. Uh, no, I'm still unpacking my house. Hello. Hello. Oh. Hello. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no fun decorating in my world right now. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I think that people can get a little obsessive about Halloween. They can get obsessive about the decor. They want to live Halloween every single day of October. One thing I've also noticed people get obsessed about is Halloween movies. Yes. Oh my goodness. And there were four that came to mind. Like I didn't need to look this up. I didn't need to look this up. This is just things that we all know because it's so permeated into social media that people love this. Like you cannot avoid these four movies unless you completely turn off the TV (laughs) and shut down your phone. Okay. So I see the first one is Halloween, which happens to be my favorite scary movie of all time. It is a great movie. And we are going to get into that movie in depth in our episode about scary movies. I know we both are chomping at the bit to get into that movie right now. Oh yeah. No, I can't wait. So next week it's all about Halloween, not the movie, but Halloween scary movies. What other movies did you think of? So I thought of Hocus Pocus, Oh yeah, which has Bette Midler and I don't even know, Sarah Jessica Parker, and then some lady, sorry, everybody who's a fan. I have no idea who the other lady is. And so it's a redhead who's older and a blonde who's younger, and then probably a brunette in the middle. And they're very cheeky. Monica, don't go into the movie. That's for next week. I'm not. I was just reminding people what Hocus Pocus is. (laughs) I guarantee you they know what it is. Yeah. So the other one's Hocus Pocus, and I've never watched it. But You've never seen Hocus Pocus? No, but we'll talk about that next week. But yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so here's one that we're not going to talk about next week because it's not a scary movie, but I love it. It's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I love that one. It's so sweet. What's really fun about it to me is that in the end, The Great Pumpkin never comes, which is just so opposite. Yeah, of what you would anticipate, especially from the Little Peanuts gang. My two sisters-in-law down in Arkansas and Texas absolutely love anything Snoopy and Charlie Brown. So they're really the ones who got me hooked on that when I was in my early teens. We watched it last year with the kids. And then here's another one we're not going to go into next week. And that is The Nightmare Before Christmas, which some people like to say is a Christmas movie. And while I've never seen it, I will say that it is not. So I am on team not a Christmas movie. I don't get it. I've seen it bits and pieces. I've never been able to watch it all the way through. I would agree it's not a Christmas movie, but I just don't get the obsession with The Nightmare Before Christmas. I can see why you might like it during the month of October, but I do have friends who love it year round. They have decorations with it. They wear clothes with it. It's, you know, part of their personal aesthetic. Yeah. Um, I'm just, uh, I've never seen it. I will never see it. Uh, It's one of those things that that'll ride or die on. No, but I'm just, I have, there's only so many hours left in my life. I'm not going to watch it. That's too funny. Well, now that we have hyped next week's all about Halloween movies, we need to go into some of the fun things that there is to do around Halloween. (laughs) 
And one of my favorite things is going to Disneyland or Disney World during the month of October because they do it up with Halloween with Mickey Mouse jack-o'-lantern, the giant Mickey Mouse jack-o'-lantern, the haunted mansion, they turn into, you know, a spooky, even more Halloween-y haunted mansion. They're all the Mickeys that you can find in Halloween or fall colored clothes. I have a great picture of me with Minnie Mouse in her fall dress and she just looks fantastic. And this year they are doing what they're calling is the Oogie Boogie Bash for 2021. So you can pay a little bit extra. You stay at the park for three hours after closing and you get to experience everything a little bit spookier Disney way. Oh my goodness, that sounds really fun. That actually reminds me, the Oogie Boogie Bash, of something that happens over here in Ohio, just down the turnpike from me at Cedar Point, and that's called Hallow Weekends. So for anyone not familiar with what Cedar Point is, so Monica, you're familiar, you grew up in the Midwest. Most people in the Midwest are familiar, but it is a roller coaster park and it's a big roller coaster park. Much like Six Flags, I would say it is probably even more elaborate than that. So what they do in the month of October, they completely transform the park into a Halloween theme park which is probably exactly what Disney does as well. It's very smart. So where you had the Minnie Mouse characters think of Halloweekends as having creepy clowns and mass murderers and vampires and all sorts of people like that walking around. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. And if you don't want to get creeped out, you can pay, I think it's $15, for a green light that you wear around your neck and then they know not to come up and creep you out. Otherwise, you could be, I've had it happen, you can be walking and the next thing you know this super creep is next to you like in a creepo mask and they're just doing the <laughs> silent walk oh my gosh and they also have haunted houses so they will I don't know what these things are during the rest of the year but anyway <laughs> they have I'm like what the heck just now thought about that but they make some haunted houses that you can go into and I was in one the first year I went that we went this was years ago I I don't like haunted houses, but I said, I'll go into this one. They actually have meters, like how mild, scary they are, which I love because I don't like scary, gory stuff. I don't like being scared, but I like the atmosphere at Halloween. but I don't want to go into the you haunted houses. One big contradiction. I know it's so weird, right? I don't know. Yes. Okay. So oh, we're in there and they, when you told the black trash bag story earlier, this reminded me of the haunted house that I went to where all the walls were black but it was like this black linen Mm -hmm. and then they dressed up in matching black linen and would all the lights were out but they had black lights so you could kind of see a little bit and then they just came out of nowhere out of the walls oh Oh, yeah creepy so I 100% hit them in the chest oh my god I can't even okay I was not expecting that (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. You should ask Zach. 
you don't want to scare me. My reaction is immediately, I will physically harm you. And that's where <laughs> I go. So I don't know. But I really do enjoy Halloween. So at Halloween at Cedar Point, they also take into consideration that you're going to be bringing kiddos. So during the day, it is not what I would call creepy. It's what I would call spooky. And festive. And festive. Absolutely. And they have a portion of the park called Camp Snoopy. So that's the Peanuts gang. And of course, you can see the Peanuts gang characters dressed up in Halloween costumes. There's another thing that they do that I really enjoy. And we have taken Lillian several years in a row. And I think I'm disappointed that this year we're not going to be able to make it work. So they have a path and you go along the path and you get to do different activities. Like you might get to go into a corn maze. You might get to play in bubbles. You might get to ride a little track you might get to carve a pumpkin or paint. We painted pumpkins one year there, actually. So it is really, really kid-friendly during the daylight. And they even have a little haunted house for the kids. And it's super cheeso, but so fun. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah, so that's definitely something that we like to do. Here locally, we have some farms that do some haunted hay rides or they do haunted corn mazes. And then in conjunction with that, they have kind of the fall festive. And we do that as well. Oh, that sounds great. In St. Louis, we used to do Boo at the Zoo every year. And we'd also go to a pumpkin patch. And the kids really loved it, especially because at the pumpkin patch, you know, I'm ready for fall by the time later. Late September, early October rolls around and it never fails that we would go to the pumpkin patch. I'd be wearing boots and a sweater and it would be 89 degrees outside. But you mentioned haunted houses, like spooky houses and stuff. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always wanted to do. And I never really had the opportunity until living in St. Louis. So my friend Tanya really loves Halloween and haunted houses. And we found this deal. It was like three haunted houses in one night. So we planned a double date. We went to these three different haunted houses and it was seriously so much fun. And I screamed, I startled very easily. And (laughs) Paul was just laughing at me because I screamed and there was nothing. It was nothing. Wow. It was like, I was just ready to be startled and scared. As you know from earlier, I don't like haunted houses. Now, before Brady was born or maybe when he was one or two years old, it's been a long time. Zach and I would still go to haunted houses back when we were able to still hang out with friends. Uh, Once your kids get older, things just change for a while. And so, but we would go do things every single weekend. And sure enough, come October, we're going to hit up some sort of haunted house. I hated it. I'm not going to lie. I closed my eyes for most of them and just got through it, but he loved it. So I did it with him, but there was one that we went to. It was two stories and you went in a coffin. And once you sat inside the coffin, it was actually a slide that spit you to the outside. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That was <laughs> that's so fun, right? So that was definitely the coolest haunted house that I've ever been to. I'm scared of all of them. So I don't know how to tell you if something was scary or not. Cause I think they're all awful, but I think one of the creepiest things I ever did was a haunted corn walk. 
Oh, I did not like that. It's basically a haunted corn maze. And right. It was really hard for me not to trust that these people weren't psycho killers for some reason. Like in the haunted <laughs> They're house. They're just going to pull you into the dry yes. corn and yes, right? never going to be seen again. Yes. It was very hard. And what's funny is one time Zach and I, we were going to go to this haunted cornfield. We pulled up, we looked at the people running the cornfield. And if you know anything about me and Zach, we like to just think everyone's out to kill us. We looked at each other and we were like, no, we were so convinced that these people were pretending to have a haunted field. (laughs) We watched, it's because we watched way too much Criminal Minds. It is 100% because we watched too much Criminal Minds. Absolutely. But we were like, no, we don't know. They might just be saying that this is a field and they're going to murder us. I mean, for real, I can't believe that. But these people were creepy looking and they were just the people taking the tickets and they were not, (laughs) and they were not dressed and they're not dressed up. Okay. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, since you don't really care for haunted corn mazes and haunted houses, how do you feel about haunted history tours or haunted, like you're in the tour bus or whatever, and they're just driving past these places telling you true stories about what happened there. Oh, I would love to go on one. I have looked into doing them, but it's usually when I'm with other people and they're not as into it. And there's a local one here that I've wanted to do forever. And I was set up to do one in New Orleans, which as you know, super popular for that. But um, my mom got really, really sick and I had to leave early, but I wasn't able to do it. I just think that sounds fun because ghost stories are really fun, especially when you can go right where people say things happened. And I think that that is more fun because it's more realistic. Not Mm -hmm. that I really think that there's ghosts haunting it, but there's just an extra feeling that you get when you're telling those stories. And so I would love it. It's like the the chills and the goosebumps and stuff. Yes. Yes. Well, you mentioned New Orleans and if you Google haunted history tours, the whole first page of Google is haunted history tours in New Orleans. Oh, I would love to go on. We might, we might need to go do on location. On location. Ooh, I love that idea. I do too. (laughs) I did one in Seattle years ago. Oh my gosh, so many years ago. And it was really a lot of fun. I went with my friend Beth and they just drove us around. You know, Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle and Kurt Cobain you know, got his start in Seattle. I can't, and he, he was actually from a little further West, um, than Seattle, but so you have these famous rock stars, and then you also have other buildings that are really old with these stories that come out about, you know, a ghost living in the closet and you're like, okay, that's awesome. So it was, you know, it was a fun night out as a couple single girls. It's just such a unique way to get to see a place too. I can't think of any other great haunted experiences that I've had. I prefer to just leave it in the imaginary. Right, right. Um, But there is something that is extremely controversial. Oh, I think we need to discuss. Okay. Candy corn. It's like pumpkin spice, but even more divisive. You either love it or you hate it. You wish it never existed. And anybody who likes it, you just think they're the dumbest person on earth. Yeah. What are your feelings on candy 
candy corn. This is very serious discussion. Um, yeah. 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 Hugely controversial. Huge. Well, I mean, I'm going to admit it live here for everyone. Actually it's live as I admit it, but it will be recorded. Going to admit that I love candy corn. How about you? One piece, just like pumpkin spice latte. I'll have one. I will eat one piece of candy corn. Oh. Well, here's it's something so I like sweet. about candy corn. Ugh. Well, I think it also depends on the brand as far as that goes. Oh, okay. There's a difference, but one thing I love about candy corn is that you can stuff it up in your teeth and then make the little white parts come out and you look like a vampire. Oh, okay. It's one of my all-time favorite tricks, party tricks, I, if you will. You you need to do that. Take a picture, post I will. it in our stories. I will. And you too can have this party trick and everyone at the party will be laughing and having lots of fun. So at least there needs to be candy corn available for me to do the vampire teeth with. And friends, we need you to go to our Facebook page at Two Monica's Podcast or our Instagram page at Two Monica's Podcast and take our official poll, candy corn, love it or leave it. So Monica, I think candy corn is more controversial in my head than it is in actuality. I think that's kind of fun. I think in this day and age, we need, we need a little fun like that. So I would like to just wrap this up with asking you one last question. And that is what are you looking forward to this Halloween season the most? Is it the decorating, the trick-or-treating, or just enjoying everyone else? Ooh, I know for me, it's going to be learning how to dry corn. <laughs> what? That has nothing to do. I, this is not the Thanksgiving episode. Come on. Oh my gosh. Speaking of y'all, we did a Thanksgiving episode a year ago. It was our very first pilot episode. And you know what? There's a reason you've never heard it. <laughs> Yeah, people are going to have to pay me a lot of money to listen to that. Yeah, it sounds almost as intriguing as dried corn. So <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to going to a few. Uh, well, we've already done the pumpkin patch, but I'm looking forward to going to the corn maze. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Please go to our Instagram. We have so many fun things going on there for this spooky festive month. We would love for you to join in. As usual, you can DM us your episode ideas. We would love to hear from you. And if you loved this episode, please share it with two friends. That's the only way anyone's going to know about us and go ahead and leave us a five-star review until next week. Bye. Thank you. Or should I say boo? <laughs> That's funny. I might leave that in there. All right. Thanks so much for letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in your cardio. We're happy to provide you with some entertainment about nothing serious, seriously. For extended show notes, please head over to our website, twomonicaspodcast.com. That's with the number two. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Two Monica's Podcast and find us on Pinterest at Two Monica's Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us directly, email us at Two Monica's podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. That was fun. For the transition music today, we played Simple Music to Frighten Small Children by Kevin MacLeod.